0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Scorch the Fears. We are here with Marlon Johnson. Mindset Marlon, the beast, the man, the legend. I think he's been on here like quite a few times at this point. I'm out of WeWork because I'm in travel mode right now, but hopefully nobody comes in and tells me to shut the hell up. We'll see. I don't know. If you're on Instagram, come over to my YouTube channel, Jonah Korchin. You're going to be able to hear Marlon. You'll be able to hear what he's saying. We're going to try to do a podcast. It's going to be lit. I'm pretty excited. Going to be gonna be great. And uh, and yeah, Marlon, welcome to the podcast yet again. How many times have
1: you been on Scorch the Fears? Bro, I think this is my third time. The very first time I was on Scorch the Fears, I actually got to host the episode and I interviewed Medium. Oh, yeah. It. That was, that was sick.
0: I remember that. <laughs> I got to switch to this. My editor wants me on this mode. So do you mind also if when you're talking, you're like this, when I'm talking, I'm like this, is that, do you care?
1: Dude, not a problem, man. I'm like, I'll just stare at
0: myself. I'm cool with that. <laughs> All right, cool. So my man, I mean, so much has happened now. Uh, Daniel Keanu, you're on Instagram. Come on to YouTube and ask me if I'm in a Japanese toilet and I'll answer that question. But <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so how I have now start these episodes and this is going to be good. This is the first time you've been on where I'm interviewing you. I think you've been on twice, but like you were interviewing someone or I, someone else was interviewing you cause I was traveling oh. or doing whatever. Um, so this time I get to interview you, which is fun cause you're a really good friend of mine. So this is a great time, right? Um, what, uh, what when you were just starting out in real estate, in entrepreneurship, actually, I'm sorry. First, Just quickly tell everyone what you're doing. What's your business? What have you done in entrepreneurship? Start there. Just give a quick intro for the zero people watching that don't know you.
1: Cool. For the people that aren't watching who don't know me, what's up? My name is Marlon Johnson, a.k.a. Mindset Marlon. And as far as, you know, this is about real estate, so I'm going to talk about my real estate history. I got into real estate in October of 2019. Don't ask me why I remember the date, but it was an important date for me that changed my life. When I got started, I was in a position where I was living at home with my mom and my sister, barely making about $20,000 a year, working three jobs and going to college full-time, gearing up for a graduate's degree in physical therapy. Realizing that my life sucked and I didn't want to continue to progress into that level of suck and I wanted to change, I searched for something different, landed on real estate being that I had no money time or or no money and experience, but I had plenty of time, I started off wholesaling. So basically, as your audience knows, I would go out, find deals, put them under contract and look to sell them to other investors who were fix and flip or buy and hold investors. So I did that for, I would say, maybe about two, about a year and a half to two years before I finally had the brain click of learning how to raise private capital. And at that point, I started actually buying the investment properties myself, and I started fixing, flipping them. And I also started holding them in my long-term portfolio. So as of now, today is October 26, 2023. I currently own 21 doors, 20 of which are up in the Midwest, up in Milwaukee. let I've go. done approximately 12 flips, I believe, is where we're at right now. And I've wholesaled a little over 20 deals. I don't know how many deals, but it's probably like 20-something deals. And that allowed me to break out of making $20,000 a year to learning how to make over $40,000 in a single month. I've actually had six figure months where I've made over $100,000 in a single month and be able to create cash flow for myself. So now as of today, what I get to do, which is my very active personal passion is I work with entrepreneurs working on their mindset and helping them to overcome the limiting beliefs that hold them in that position where they have all the resources but are not producing any of the results. So that's my 30-second elevator pitch.
0: I love it. That's why you're on this podcast because that's what the point of this podcast is. It's not just real estate. The point of this podcast is to help out newer entrepreneurs get into entrepreneurship, get over their fears, no matter what business it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be real estate. Obviously, you and me know each other from real estate, but it can be from anything. So I'm so don't worry, we'll get into all of it. And I really wanted you on because now you become a business coach, you're a great friend of mine. So let me go to my original question that I was alluding to earlier, which is Mr. Marlon Johnson, when you were just starting in real estate or in entrepreneurship, what were your greatest fears? And how did you overcome them?
1: Wow, that's such a good question. So when I was getting started, I think I had the most common fear that most everybody has. So two things immediately come to mind that I've sat down and reflected on. The first of which was quite honestly, I was afraid of what people thought about me. So when I say that, what do I mean? When we're getting started in this business, you're told to let everybody know what you're up to. Let everybody know you're a real estate investor. Let people know that you buy houses, let them know that you solve problems. And I was afraid to tell the world what I was up to because My previous circle, my previous friends, all the people in my life up until that point were not into this entrepreneurial journey, at least not that I knew of. And so going out and saying I'm doing this new stuff would essentially ostracize me and it would kick me out of the the friend group. And I was so afraid of that because... I think most everybody is, we want to belong. We like. I know me, I like belonging to people. I like being able to be a part of community and be a part of group. So it's a scary thought to be pushed out and left alone again. So in the very beginning, I was having a bit of a identity crisis, if you will, of just sharing with people what I was up to because I didn't want them thinking I was stupid, I was lame, or I was a complete idiot. Also keep in mind, when I first got into real estate, I invested over $20,000, about $25,000 into my first mentorship course. Now I can, you know, it's whatever to me. I'm used to spending that kind of money. But back then, that was the biggest, largest investment I have ever made. And I felt kind of stupid because the community I come from, they don't buy into seminars. They don't buy into mentorship. To them, it's a scam. So for me to go back and tell my friends, I just spent $25,000 with these strangers I met in a Marriott ballroom for the last three days, They're going to look at me like I'm an idiot. So that was a big worry that I had. And then the second worry that I had was not with my social group, but within myself, being afraid that I wasn't going to be good enough to make it work. What do I mean by that? Listen, you didn't have to convince me that real estate worked. I knew it worked. I'm intelligent enough. I like to believe that I can see if you do A, A turns to B, B turns to C, C turns to D. So it was a very logical process. Entrepreneurship is very logical. So I know betting on yourself or I know entrepreneurship and real estate work. What I was afraid of was would I be the person that can make it work? And I think a lot of people struggle with this. It's You know it works, but the hard part is convincing yourself that you're going to be a person that makes it work, that you are not a part of the mediocre many, but you're a part of that 1% who actually commits and who actually makes it happen. So very often in those first couple of months, because it took me eight months to get my first deal, and it wasn't eight months of slacking around, doing a little bit here, a little bit there. It was eight months of me five to six days a week on the phones for six to eight hours per day and on occasion working that seventh day on the weekend just because I wanted to make it happen so badly. Those first couple of months, however, the person, the version of Marlon Johnson that was showing up on the phone was the Marlon Johnson who carried a lot of self-doubt. The Marlon Johnson who kept questioning, is this working? The Marlon Johnson who kept questioning, am I good enough to make this happen? Quite frankly, it was the Marlon Johnson who would be making calls while at the same time opening up his laptop, going to Indeed and searching for jobs. Because I had one foot in and one foot out just in case it didn't work. And that is a recipe for disasters, my friends. If you are doing anything in your life, you have to be all in. And it wasn't until I had a mental shift, until I had a paradigm shift, that I understood the power of being all in and that I started to get traction in my business. But early on, those were the two biggest worries. What did my friends think about me and the biggest fear of, am I good enough to make this work?
0: Wow. I love it. I love it so much. Like, I mean, I've I've been having the gift of watching you on your journey so it's been really fun to see you go through real estate go through like you finding like hey real estate is cool but i'd rather be coaching and doing all of that stuff what do you feel like makes the difference like especially as a coach because you deal with it like what makes the difference between that those 99 percent that don't achieve and the one percent that do um i'm just really curious your opinion on that i have my opinions on it but i'm curious what yours is like, what yeah makes great
1: question Yeah, Jonah, great question. I think you probably will agree with my opinion. So when we look at the 99% that don't achieve, right, I like to call them the mediocre many. There's a lot of reasons that hold them back. But true to your show, right, Scorch the Fears, I think the biggest reason that people don't achieve is they are afraid. They're afraid of a multitude of things. But I find that the most common fear is it's a fear of criticism. It's I'm worried. I'm more worried about what you think about me if I screw up, if I don't make it perfect the first time around, than I am afraid of anything else. And I see people do this all the time. Why won't they make the first phone call? Because they don't want to look stupid. They don't want to be wrong. They don't want to sound like they don't know what's going on. Well, newsflash, you're brand new at this. You've never done it before. You don't know what's going on. You have no clue. You suck at this. But that's Okay. Because the way this whole thing works is in the very beginning, you're going to be the most confident when you sign up, when you say, I'm going to do this, because you don't know what you don't know. So you have what we call stupidity working in your favor. You're just so ignorant to all the hardships that there are that you're saying, yes, I want to do this. And then when you get into it, you start to realize, oh my gosh, there's a lot of stuff I don't know. So immediately your confidence starts to go down because essentially you realize you suck at this new thing you're doing. And if you're willing to commit and go through the suck, which most people aren't because again, they're worried about what other people think, they're worried about their social status, they're worried about how they appear on the outside to the rest of the world, that they don't allow themselves to go through the natural sucking phase to eventually get good, to eventually be mediocre, to be decent, to be good, to be great. And so when I see the people who do succeed The individuals that actually make it to a level of noteworthy success. The first thing that they all have in common without a shadow of a doubt, and I can bet my entire life on this, is first, they are absolutely crystal clear on what it is they want to accomplish. There is no wavering in this. They are 100% certain and clear on what their goal is, on what they want to accomplish, on what the target is. If somebody feels like, man, it's been years, it's been months, it's been weeks, I've been trying and I'm trying and nothing's working. The first thing I'm going to ask them is very similar to what you ask people when you meet them at networking events is, what are you working on? What are you trying to accomplish? Because if you don't have an answer to that and it's not a clear, concise answer, if it's a fuzzy, vague answer, you're going to get fuzzy and vague results. You're going to put in fuzzy and vague action and it's going to not, you're not going to get what you're looking for. When the answer is specific and clear, that you can tell it to somebody and they can paint the picture in their mind of the same thing you see in your mind, that improves the likeliness of achieving drastically. So much so that if this is not had, if you don't have clarity, we have to stop and we need to go back there. And then after that's established, what I find is the people who succeed, right? My clients that succeed, who produce results, here's what they do. They establish the goal. And then rather than using the goal as the only measuring stick for success and for progress, they start to break the goal down into process, into steps, into milestones that need to be accomplished, into daily routines that need to be done. And then they begin to put those daily routines into their calendar, into their schedule. They actually put it into their day. That hey, based on my goal of let's say, for example, I have one gentleman who's I'm working with right now, and his goal is to create over a hundred thousand dollars in wholesale assignment. Awesome, easy goal. Because what he's able to do is he's able to backtrack his KPIs and recognize in order for me to do these deals, I need to be putting properties under contract. In order for me to put properties under contract, I need to be making phone calls to homeowners who are interested in selling me properties. I need to have 20 phone calls per day in order to make the amount of contracts I need per week in order to hit this goal in the time frame I'm looking. So his calendar looks like him blocking out time daily to make the phone calls and he's measuring his success. He's measuring his progress based on each day, him showing up and taking the incremental steps towards getting to where he wants to go. Where I see people who don't make it to where they want to go, it's because the only thing they're measuring is their vague goal, right? I want to be rich. I want to be financially independent, right? That's a very vague goal because I don't know what financially independent means. Is that making $20,000 a month? Is that making $200,000 a month? You need to define it better. It just needs to be defined better, but that's their goal. And it's the only measuring stick that they have, which is I'm either making $20,000 a month and I'm successful or I'm not. And I'm a failure. So you're telling me if you're making $19,999, you're a failure according to your measuring stick. Yes. Whereas my client over here, his measuring stick is, did I make my 20 calls per day today? Did I wake up and work on my morning routine? Did I do the things that will allow me to be the person who deserves the victory? Am I doing those incremental steps that are changing me internally and also producing external results? He's measuring his success based on process. So when I look at individuals that aren't achieving, I typically find that this piece is missing in their world. They're lacking the clarity and then they haven't broken down anything because of the lack of clarity into process that can be put onto their schedule, that can be put onto their calendar to create daily routine. Because people like to say, show me what you do and I'll tell you who you are. I like to say, show me what you do daily and I'll tell you who you are.
0: I love it. I love it so much, my man. So why why should someone use a business coach? I know this. I have a business coach and it, I can answer this myself as well. But I want I want to know like, Who's the ideal candidate for a business coach? Why would someone get a business coach? And yeah, just because I don't think many people of my audience know like, why you would even need that um, necessarily. You slightly explained it, but I want you to go more into that.
1: Yeah, so, you know, and I was looking around, normally I'd like pull out like a prop. There's like a little prop I like to use to explain this, but I can't find it right now. So I'm just going to do my best to paint the picture with my words. And so- The reason we need a business coach, the reason everybody needs a coach, in my opinion, is because we all naturally have blind spots. And I'd like to invite the audience to think about this for a moment. Have you ever seen somebody in your life, maybe it was a friend, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's just somebody in passing, and you are watching them from afar, and you're seeing them make what seems like a very obvious mistake. You're watching them. And they're maybe they're trying to navigate a maze. Let's say this. You're, you're watching a person trying to navigate a maze, and you just happen to be sitting up in the bleachers, so you have a bit of a bird's eye view. And that person is in the maze, and they can only see the walls in front of them and to the side of them. So they are wandering, and they're getting lost. But from the outside, you're able to see so clearly, hey, make that left. Okay. Now make the right. Okay. Now just keep walking forward, but they make a left and they make another left. And you're just like, why are they doing that? Well, the truth is they don't have the same perspective. They don't have the same vantage point because when you're in your own life, when you're in your own situation, your own circumstances, your own issues, you don't have the vantage point of being external to it. Therefore you're not going to be able to see all of the viable solutions not as well as somebody who is completely separate of your situation. So when you bring on a coach into your world, when you bring a coach into your life, what they provide you is new perspective. They provide you with being able to condense what would take you decades and press it down into days so that ultimately you can achieve goals faster. So will a person be able to succeed without a coach? Absolutely. Will a person be able to succeed as quickly without a coach? I'm going to say not because that additional person in your corner is going to speed up the process drastically. It is probably one of the fastest, I call it like a cheat code to life. When I understood the power of getting a mentor, when I understood the power of bringing somebody into my world who has already walked the path that I want to walk, and not even just walked it once, but who has walked it several times and has also guided other people along that path and have successfully taken them to the top of the mountain I want to go to, I am more than okay with trading my time or trading my money in exchange to get that time, to buy that time, to condense how long it will take me to do this journey. I like to tell people this. We look at money sometimes because I think there's the biggest objection I see with why people don't get coaches is usually it's a financial thing. It's almost always financial. It's always like, hey, this is going to cost too much. I think it's going to cost you more. It's costing too much not to have guidance. The length of time it will take you to get there on your own. In fact, let me share a quick story. Just this past week, um, you and I were hanging out in Georgia. Um, You actually got to meet my dad. So that was super cool. And I love my dad. Fun. Great, great guy. Yeah, it was an awesome time. It was so much fun. And I appreciate like you having me out there for that event. I appreciate sharing the stage with you. You got to meet my dad and my dad. He also buys real estate. He's been buying real estate now for the past 20 plus almost 30 years. However, he's done it the older method of, you know, buy one property, maybe every five to seven years, you know, save up for a down payment, qualify again, get the second property, save up for the down payment, qualify. And he's gone this way to build a portfolio of maybe a couple of doors, maybe about five doors at the max ever, or six or seven. And that took him 30 years, right? Because he was doing it on his own, right? He was reading books, he was reading newspapers, stuff like that, but everything he was doing all on his own. Whereas I went and I invested $25,000 and I got a mentor. And within three years, I have more than tripled the size of his portfolio. I've earned more than he's earned. And I don't say this to to brag or to knock him down by any means. I was just able to go a lot faster in a shorter period of time and go further simply because I had someone else holding my hand and guiding me through where I had never been before so when people are questioning should i get a coach if you're already thinking about should i get a coach the answer is yes if you're feeling stuck and you feel like you've been trying and nothing's working get a coach if you're in a place where you value time more than money get a coach right but if you want to just go to slow way yourself and reinvent the wheel all on your own then ignore everything i'm saying and spend the next 30 years doing something that somebody can teach you to do in probably three months.
0: Right. I love it. I love it so much. And I'm going to do a little tirade on coaching myself because I have a coach. And guys, it is something to just have someone who keeps you accountable every single week, who somebody who freaking pushes you because you're like, hey, you told me this is your goal. What are we doing about that? Are we going to make that happen? How are we going to make that happen? Right having a business coach is like having a therapist, but they actually solve the problem. That's what I really like about it. Right. So guys, a business coach is so key. It, I basically quadrupled my business. Once I started having a business coach, because it's like, okay, no, I said, I was going to do this. It's organized. We have been tracking it. We're now tracking everything. So now how Absolutely. are we going to achieve our goals? Because now we're at, at- tracking our goals and, and, and it's also like a lot of inner work too of like how you, you said you want to be this type of man, right? Like, I don't know, Marlon, do you do, is it also life coaching a little bit too? Is it like, it's gotta be, I mean, business is life, you know, like, so it, it generally becomes both of them, but I, yeah. yep.
1: Well, that's the um, thing, right? Like I can't work on a person's business without working on them first because right. the individual has to level up. And so there's a lot of working on the individual. And what you find is, I like to tell people this, right? They think their business is like the goose that lays the golden egg. And to a degree, they're correct. However, the first goose laying the first golden eggs is you as an individual. So you're the first thing I invest into. It's working on you as the individual, turning you into the man or woman that produces at the level that you say you desire. When we work on that person first and we get that guy dialed in or that girl dialed in, everything else follows and builds upon the foundation of you as an individual. So I'd like to tell people and remind them you are your number one investment.
0: No, I 100% agree. And I mean, like, it's just been so valuable in the sense of like becoming a better human being to be able to lead humans better as well because i think you're right i think if someone's on the it's it's way easier to help somebody out on the outside than help yourself like having that accountability is so 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 helpful so i want to talk to you real quick about like what is the process of helping someone out like how do you actually help someone become a different human being because I feel like that can be really hard in the sense of like, most people don't want to change. Most people don't, don't want to give up the life they have right now for the life that they're going to have. So do you have to convince someone? Is it like, if you came to me, you did it? Or like, what's that process
1: look like? Yeah, great question, Jonah. So I, I love this question because I'm going to take a little while to answer it because it's just such a good question. <laughs> when a person comes to me this is really what I take pride in doing. I set an application to work with me. You cannot just swipe a credit card and work with me. you It's not how it works. It is very much an application. And w- during that application process, they answer a, a multitude of questions. And then if they get through that application process, then maybe we set up a discovery call. And on that discovery call, it is truly a place for me to take time to see if you and I are gonna be a good fit. Because I am absolutely convinced and aware that the process works. I Because the process has worked on me and the process has worked on other clients that I've worked with. But what I need to make sure of is that this person coming to me is the right avatar. See, there's a specific type of person I work with. Jonah, I've had people come to me just because my name has gone through some circles now and people are now referring me some individuals will come to me and they're brand new. You're super duper, duper
0: famous. That's why.
1: Yeah, I, I wish, bro. I would not there yet. I'm not as cool as Joe. You
0: got 213 people to come onto this podcast. I want you to know that I'm looking at this right now. We have way more people than I've ever had <laughs> ever watched this podcast. So like one of the questions I'm eventually going to ask you is how the hell do you do that? Right? Like, how do you get so many people to come on to your stuff? Because I'm very interested in that. I'll, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm at I was at five five seconds ago. Now I'm at three. So I really look like an asshole and you have 213 people on here. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, but real <laughs> quick. Sorry. Keep going though. Yeah. Didn't mean yeah dude, I, going I got though.
1: no idea, man. Like, I think, I think they found out like I was hanging out with Jonah today and they're like, yo, let's go. So maybe I make, I, I go through an application process with people. So for example, I had one gentleman that co- came to me brand new, brand spanking new to entrepreneurship hadn't even been in business for about maybe three weeks or so. And he wanted to sign up. He had just invested into another course. He had spent a couple of thousand dollars there already. And then he wanted to sign up for my coaching. And my coaching is expensive, or to some people it can be expensive. To people who understand, it's actually relatively cheap. I've been told I don't charge enough, but that's neither here nor there. When he and I got to talking and I asked him, how long have you been doing business? He says about three weeks. I said, okay, well, have you run any other businesses prior to this? He says, no. I said, what, like, what are your goals? He's all over the place. And I said, listen, I like you. I like your personality. I think you're awesome. I don't think you're ready to sign up for my coaching yet. And here's why. You yet have not proven and gone through one of the most important tests, which is the test of time. See, a lot of people get excited about any new endeavor and they jump on board and they're ready to stay up late and do all this work, but that withers away after the first couple of weeks, after maybe the first month or two. And I want a person to test themselves against time because consistency is the most critical part to growth. Right? It's the compound effect. And there's nothing I can do to know if you're going to commit to that except for you showing me over time. So what I told him, I said, look, if you're serious about this, this is what I need you to do. I need you to stick with your coaching program. I need you to go inside your the real estate mentorship you just signed up for. Go inside there, work it for the next 90 days, stay committed. And then if you're still wanting to work with me, you will have qualified just by nature of being in it long enough to prove and feel that this is gonna to get tough. There's work to be done. And then I know that you're serious about this. So that's a big thing. I, I make sure I qualify people. One of them is time, another is where they're at in their business, another is where they're at in their life, where they're at in their mindset, and then energetically. See, I like to make sure that coaching is a very special bond. You have to resonate with your coach, you have to respect your coach. And I've had individuals, again, Jonah, come to me, who through word of mouth, they heard, hey, Marlon's good at what he does, X, Y, and Z. And on that discovery call, I can feel it, our personalities clash. Right, Our personalities clash to the point where this person is questioning everything I'm telling them, and they are, yeah, 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 I know that already. Yeah, 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 I'm going to do it my way. And I actually said, hey, listen, I don't think we're going to be a good fit for each other because the problem is, one, you feel you already know everything.
0: They're uncoachable.
1: They're not coachable. And it's not that they're not coachable. It's they're not coachable by me. See, and I actually recommended them to another coach I know who has a totally different personality and a totally different delivery. And so it's important that people resonate with their coaches. It's not because Jonah's coach worked really well for him that his coach is also going to work really well for you. It's not that I've had coaches that other people have said, like, this person is up here, and I signed up for them, and I was like, I got nothing from that person. And they were a nice person. I logically got it, but it didn't click on that emotional, vibrational, spiritual level. And that's where it needs to click. So earlier you asked me, what am I doing in order to help produce results inside of people? And I think the most important thing a coach can do is take their own advice. That's the most important thing I think a coach can do is to be the person that takes their own advice. Because The ability to influence, a lot of people hear the word influencer and they think, oh, like a YouTuber, like a social media influencer. And I say, no, right? Social media, YouTube, podcasts, these are vehicles for spreading influence, but they don't actually create influence. So how is influence created? And in my opinion, influence is created when an individual embodies the advice that they are giving. Because then they can actually pass that vibration. They can pass that frequency over to the other human, to the other individual with confidence and conviction because they themselves are currently living the truth. They're living that truth that they're seeking to pass on. For example, and I like to use this as a basic example of influence. Imagine one morning you're out for a run. And as you're going underneath a bridge, you see a homeless man there. And he stops you. And you're just, hey, I got time this morning. I'm going to give him some time. And you let him speak to you. You speak with him. And he starts to give you advice on the stock market. And he starts telling you, Jonah, you need to buy ABC stock. The company is about to have a split. This company is going to go through the roof. Get in right now. And you listen to him. And then he lets you go. And you keep on running about your day. I highly doubt you're about to pull out your phone right then and there and invest your money into ABC stock. You're like, yeah, maybe I'll look at it later, whatever. You don't think about it. So fast forward, you pull into Starbucks and you're just grabbing a cup of coffee. And while you're online, Warren Buffett just happens to walk in and he says, hey, excuse me, young man, I'm in a hurry. Would it be okay if I cut you online? You say, absolutely, right? Mr. Buffett, go ahead. And so you let Warren Buffett cut you on the line. So Warren Buffett turns around and he says, hey, you know what? I appreciate your kindness. Let me give you a little bit advice. Right now we're studying. I see that ABC stock is about to have this split and the stock's about to go through the roof. I bet you in that moment, you're about to whip out your phone and you're dropping everything into ABC stock. Same advice, but totally different action is being resonated and brought out inside the individual. What's the difference? It's not the advice that was given. It's who was delivering the advice. See, when it's being delivered by the homeless man, it's hard for it to resonate with you because you're looking at him and like, hey, if this advice were working so well, you I don't think you'd be living under a bridge. But when you see Warren Buffett, a man who lives this, breathes this, eats this every single day, he lives by his own advice. His words, they carry a weight behind it. So the words are not empty. There's this weightiness to his words. And so that weightiness lands on you. There's substance behind the words. And on an internal level, on a subconscious level, on a human-to-human consciousness-to-consciousness level, you pick up on that. Even if you don't have the words to articulate what it is you're feeling, something about when he says it lands differently. And this is important when people are looking for a coach, right? It's Understand you want to go to the person that when they speak, for whatever reason, it's advice you've heard before, but now it lands. When they ask you a question, it triggers you to think of answers that you've never thought of. They're able to point out blind spots that you haven't seen. And when they tell you about your blind spots, it doesn't cause you to put your walls up. You allow the walls down and you allow them to penetrate and see the real you for the sake of you trust that they are there with the intention of making you better. So having that relationship with a good coach is so absolutely critical that I think a lot of people just kind of throw their money, they throw their time, and they throw their attention at whomever without really taking the time to date their coach, because that, in my opinion, is an intimate relationship. I take my clients, I take their goals, I take their lives so serious and so personal that I couldn't imagine being a coach who doesn't do this And I know they're out there because I've encountered some of them. And I get everybody's on their journey. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Some people, however, just see the opportunity to make a money grab. And some people are absolutely passionate about this. And I would say find the person who is passionate and effective. Because that's going to be a combination for success for you if you resonate with them.
0: God dang, dude. Every time you come on here, I'm just like, I'm just wowed into into the beauty of your speaking. So a few people have that. You and Sam have that. Alejandro was on here. He has that too. There are just certain people where I'm like, I get lost in whatever you're saying, where I'm like, all right, what are we even talking about? That was so <laughs> eloquently said. Um, this is a really interesting question for you that I have for you. Um, because you're a business coach, I bet tons of people have already asked the questions that I asked, but I'm really curious. This one, I bet I'm curious if anyone's ever asked you before, which is, what have you learned about yourself from coaching? Because I feel like that when you teach, which coaching is a somewhat teaching, it's not it, it is and isn't, I feel like, but when I feel like the best way to learn is by teaching and working on so many other people and their goals and their business, what has changed about you ever since you become a business coach? And what have you learned about yourself?
1: Yeah, Jonah, such a great question, man. You're so good at asking questions. Something I learned. It's funny, actually, because I I remember. So, you know, Keston, I believe he's actually been on your podcast in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Keston. He's a great guy. um, Phenomenal. And so he and I, we started coaching um, around the same time, actually. And well, you know, I would say business coaching, at least we started business coaching around the same time. I've been coaching now for almost a decade. A lot of people don't know my past. From before entrepreneurial coaching, I coached a sport called parkour, and that's actually where I learned a lot of what I do so well and why I'm able to connect with people and open them up in a very short period of time to get to the point without them feeling personally attacked. They let me in, and I'm able to just basically shift through their mind, shift through their subconscious, and we can just work on the things that need to be worked on. So I'm able to address to them, this is what you have to do. And when we both, when Keston and I both started doing the business coaching at the same time, he and I were on a phone call together one day and I just said, dude, you know, it's kind of crazy that the more I find myself coaching other people, the more I find myself going back and reflecting the mirror, putting the mirror on myself and saying, do you deserve to tell this to other people? Because are you living it? And so I find that the more I work with other people, the more it forces me to clean up my own life, to go and clean up my own closet, right, if you will. Because what happens is if you don't do this as an individual, you start to get out of alignment. And when you start lying, right, anybody could get away with lying for a little bit. However, that's an external getting away with it. Internally, every time you lie, every time you're out of alignment, What's happening is internally, you are chipping away at this armor. You're chipping away at yourself and you're breaking yourself down internally. And so I remembered very early on just giving some advice of, for example, tracking. I said, hey, you guys need to be tracking this, this, and this. Anything, if you want to get better at it, you need to be measuring. If you are not measuring, I'm sorry, you're not making progress. I don't care what you think. You are not making progress unless it is being measured and I can go without talking to you, go look at either a spreadsheet, a notebook, an image, a graph. I need to be able to go see it. If I can't, if you can't show that to me, it's not real, period. And so I'm like telling them this, right? Cause it's great advice, but then I'm sitting there thinking, you know what, I'm only measuring like these two things, but I really need to be measuring these like 10 things. And so I had to go back into my own life and I had to go clean up my own KPI tracking. had to go clean up my own mentoring system, and that allowed me to come back to my people more potent. So every time they bring up an issue, it forces me to assess that issue within myself. And what's super cool Mm -hmm. about this, and here's what's fun about coaches, at least the good ones, in my opinion. Like, I got to meet your coach, Mike. Phenomenal, dude. I can tell he works on himself a lot because ultimately, at the end of the day, at the core, people, we are the same, right, at our core. We're dressed up a little bit differently. We put the package together in different patterns, but we're the same core component parts. And so when we want to understand other people, we have to study people. And the best person we have to study is ourselves because we have full, unlimited, unfiltered access to ourselves 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days in a year. So I spend a lot of time self-analyzing and really using myself as my own guinea pig. And I'm sure you're familiar with Tim Ferriss, right? 40-hour, four-hour work week. Yes. Yep. I read so, that before I was even an entrepreneur. Right. And you know what's funny? I still haven't read his book, but I've like I've consumed his stuff just throughout here. You and don't need to I... read
0: that book, to be honest. Yeah. That book is more for – anyways, it, we, we want more than that. It's like for the person who's like 10 K a month, I'm
1: good. Right. You know what I mean? That's not (laughs) enough. It's a good start. It's a good start. So with Tim Ferriss though, I heard something from him that resonated with me and stuck with me, which was years ago. I heard him say that everything he does, he uses himself as the first guinea pig. And I said, you know, that makes sense to me. So a lot of the things I do, I use myself as the first guinea pig. And one of my core values is I believe in speaking the truth all the time. So as a coach, I'm coaching on things that I myself have gone through. However, on occasion, there are times where I go from coach to knowledge broker. And I I take off my coaching hat and I put on my knowledge broker hat. And what do I mean knowledge broker? There are times where my clients or people come to me and they ask for advice because I'm always studying. I'm always learning. I'm always putting myself into new environments. I'm gathering information. And so when they ask me something that maybe I myself have not yet experienced, I will let them know, Hey, listen, I'm going to share with you what I learned. I have not yet experienced this. So I preface it. I do not have experience in this. I have not gone through this myself yet. However, this is who I learned it from. This is the source of my knowledge. This person has gone through it or at least they have claimed to go through it and I believe them based on the evidence that I see and this is what they say on the matter. Because here's what's really interesting. In a world where all the information exists on these devices, right? Like all the world's information is here on our phones, on our it's on our computer screens. We have access to everything. However... With access to everything, there's information overload. And what I've discovered, I used to think, man, like people, they already know this. They already can find this. They don't need my help getting it. I learned that although they have access to all the information, what they're missing is the interpretation. They're missing how it all fits together. And so when someone is able to come and actually show them how to integrate the information into what they're doing, There's also value in that. So there are times where as a coach, I am simply guiding them through, holding their hand, walking them through the same experience I've gone through or similar experience. And then there are times where I take that hat off and I'm putting on my knowledge broker hat hat. And I'm simply saying, listen, I've already gathered the information for you. I've already done the research. I've already put it together. You understand how my mind thinks and how I break information down into bits and bits and bits. And now I'm going to give it to you as if you had done the research yourself. So I simply did the research for you, and I am now presenting it to you, almost like a lawyer, if you will. Right? The lawyer goes and does the research for you and presents it for you on your behalf to help you make your case.
0: I love it. I love it so much, man. It's so fun talking to you. Just like this, this stuff really intrigues me about like the business coach stuff. We can talk about real estate as long as we want, but like I feel like this is more interesting because this is now your business in comparison to the last time I saw you on here or the last time you were on here. So I want to give people more value on this type of stuff. Um, do you have a business coach? Like I'm kind of curious, like, does the coach also have a coach?
1: Man, such a good question. If you had asked me that question literally a week ago, the answer would have been no. I, so I had a coach, I had a high performance coach who I worked with maybe about a year ago, and she helped unlock some stuff with me. Um, so it was a good experience. It was nice for me to be a student again and to go through that, to have the accountability and things of that nature. And so, after consuming the information, I was in a place where it started. I went out to go produce. So, I started doing my coaching and I was running in my lane, getting my reps in and doing what I had to do. And so, now that I'm ready to take things to the next level, I said, Hey, you know what? In real estate, what allowed me to grow was going out and getting a coach and finding a coach. So, for this, for my coaching business and my, um, Basically, on my coaching business, I decided I need the same thing. I need to go get a coach again, right? Because I'm telling other people that they need a coach. I need a coach, right? Again, practice what you preach. And so I sat and I prayed on it and I was looking like, hey, you know, God, send me send me the next right person. I started to put it out to the universe. I started to share with people what I was up to, what I was working on. And through, you know, a series of events, I eventually landed and came across Uh, My current coaches now, who I just started working with as of last week, so I'm really excited for the development that's going to be going on there. You're going to see a lot more coming from me here in the next 90 days. You're going to see an explosion from the work in my coaching, in my millionaire mindset community, and my high-performance coaching, and just the sort of content that I will be sharing online. So I'm super excited about that. Um, And the coaches I have are actually local here to Arizona, local to Scottsdale. Um, If I weren't flying out, I'm going to go speak on stage this weekend in Vegas. If I weren't flying out, they're actually putting on an event this weekend that I would have loved to have attended. But prior obligations, I have to honor.
0: I love it. I love it so much. It's amazing. And then how so we were talking earlier about like. You have to be the right person for the right coach. As the non-coach person, how do you know if a coach is right for you, right? Because I know you have a lot of people come to you and just love you because you have your brand and all that. What do you feel like I should do as not the coach to vet somebody? Because also not everybody is is as honorable as you, has done the work. There are some just charlatans out there, right? So how do you Mm -hmm. vet really good coaches?
1: That's a great question. I would say it's... So my first answer, and like I want to say this as the first answer because it's truly the first thing that comes to my heart and comes to my mind. You got to trust your gut. right? I, I think too many times we lean on logic for relationships when it comes to connecting with other people. And logic is fine, but logic can be fooled. I know logic can be fooled because when I was in high school, I was a little knucklehead and I used to go on Wikipedia and I would change facts. And I'm like... You know, people are going to come on Wikipedia right after me, read the crap I just made up, and they're going to go and cite that as factual. So I know logic can be fooled. However, your gut, your intuition, that's always right, right? We get red flags about people, and some people we instantly trust. Like, I'm sure, Jonah, if I ask you, are there people who you met who are in your life right now, who are part of your circle, that you met them, and on day one, you just had a feeling about them, and you're like, you know what, this person is my kind of people. And of course, you didn't have any evidence to prove it. But as time has gone on, time has proven that your gut feeling was correct. Would that be I would a say that's assumption? my
0: superpower. My, my superpower is my gut. So far, every time I've, I've never every time I follow it, everything works out well. Every time I don't follow it, everything screws up. So far, that's exactly how it's been. So I agree 100%.
1: 100% so I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that because my gut's the same way and I personally believe this is a personal belief so take it with a grain of salt I personally believe everybody's gut is the exact same way however where there's confusion is people either don't listen to their gut or they listen to their gut and they try to do it in a different way than what their gut's telling them to do it so their gut's saying like go but they're like uh, I'm gonna like kind of crawl go like the guts telling you to run but you're like crawl going and so now you're saying your gut was wrong it's like no it gave you a specific direction but you try to follow the direction in your way you've got to listen to your gut and then sometimes your gut is telling you something but because you haven't listened to it for so long you're bad at translating what it's saying and so we have to calibrate the language of our gut And just listen to it more. Listen to the intuition more. As an entrepreneur, it is your most powerful, most deadly weapon if you learn how to wield it. So that's going to be the first for like if a person's looking at finding a coach. The second thing is it should be someone that you feel comfortable asking any question. You need to be able to, I feel comfortable if I hire someone saying, hey, how much have you earned in your life? Who have you worked with? What sort of people do you work with? How long have you been doing this? Why do you feel so confident that you can help me? What makes it like, I'm going to ask those sort of questions if I have any sort of reservations. And if I get any sort of red flags or any sort of feeling like "Mm, something's off, I'm walking away. If I'm afraid to ask those sort of questions, it means I don't feel comfortable enough with you for this relationship to even work. Because at the end of the day, it's a relationship. It's the same way. It's like, how would you vet? a potential girlfriend who you're thinking about marrying how would you bet a potential husband who you're thinking about marrying it would be the same if i can't have open honest vulnerable conversation with you i'm out right because we won't be able to work together at the highest level and i need you to turn me into an absolute savage at what i do that is what i'm paying you for this isn't therapy right and when you're looking for a coach understand there's a difference between a coach and a therapist A therapist is going to help you uncover past traumas, things of that nature, which don't let it sound like I'm discrediting that. That's important work to do if you need it. They're they're going to help you get back to a baseline, to get back to zero. But then when we're talking about getting to the next level and accelerating at the highest level, being a high performer, your coach, their job is to turn on inside of you on command, help you turn on on command that higher version of you that you can go it's like going into the avatar state if any of my people are like you know they watch the avatar of the last airbender your coach oh, is there that to show. help you turn that was in. my favorite show dude such a good show right so great so i see like a, a coach their job is to teach you how to get into the avatar state on command that is that's my job as a coach and if i cannot produce also ask your coach What is your coach should tell you this already? Like if they can't tell you this one, just jump, they just might be new or maybe they're not as good yet or whatever the case is. So you asking them, this will actually help them get better at their job, but ask them what will be the end result of us working together? What will be the end result? That's such an
0: interesting question. I like it. What is, will be the end result of us working together? Like, what would your answer to that be? Like, let's say I just, let's say I'm, I'm doing that. I'm like, Marlon, what would be the end result of us working together?
1: I love that. So here's the fun thing with me when I do that with people. I sit down and the part of the first thing I start with a person is I actually ha- ask them, what is it that you want to accomplish from working with me? Flip it on them. <laughs> I, 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 I truly that. do. Like, I ask them, like, what? Because here's the thing. I can tell you, like, hey, I'm going to turn you into this, this, and this, and this. And you're like, none of that crap matters to you. But when you tell me at the very beginning, and this is at my onboarding call, this is before a person actually is even able to sign up with me. And the reason I ask this question is because you're paying me to produce a result in your life. That's why you're paying me. That's why you're handing over your hard-earned cash, because you want me to produce a result for you. So when I ask you that question, I need to make sure that the thing you're asking me to do is something that I feel that I can do. Right. If you ask me, if you tell me, hey, at the end of us working together in the the next 12 weeks, I want you to help me buy buy a Matt Black yacht that's worth $150 million, but I've never earned more than $50,000 in a year and I currently work at the post office. Sorry, I'm not the guy. I'm going to politely decline this role because I don't, I haven't done that yet. That's not what I practice. That's not what I preach. I don't know how to do that. So, You need to find someone else, but here's what you're going to do. After you find that person who can help you do that, when you're done, send them to me because I want to go learn how to do what you just did. I'll hire that coach.
0: Hmm.
1: But that's not what I do. So instead, I ask them, what is it that you want from me? And typically people will tell me, right, my ideal client, here's what I like to say to my ideal client. Do you feel like you have all the resources, but you haven't been producing any of the results? You've paid for the courses, you're in the mentorship program, you're a part of the community, you have access to the network, and yet it's been months and you you feel like you're doing the work, but nothing's happening. Awesome. You and I should talk. The reason you and I should talk is because if that's where you're at, you're telling me that you don't have an external problem because you have all the external resources already. There's an internal problem. There's an issue going on with your subconscious. Your self-image is currently that of where you used to be and you're trying to create a new life, but you're trying to create a new life as the old person. And so what I'm going to do with you is I'm going to sit down and we're going to talk about how do we transform your self-image? How do we change the way you view yourself internally so that you are now in alignment with the goals and with the life that you desire, because you have to become the new person first. You have to actually, and this is a hard thing for people to conceptualize because intellectually it seems out of order, but the sequence is be, do, have, right? First you become who it is you want to be, then you take the action and then you create the result. A lot of people are going with do, right? They think I just got to do the stuff and then I'll become the person and then I'll have The results but the problem is who's doing the action is it the same old version of you with all the doubt all the disbelief all the imposter syndrome is that the person picking up the phone and doing the work is that the person going to the meeting is that the person trying to close the deal because that person's energy vibrationally, it's like me not having any self-confidence and someone's telling me all you have to do is walk into the club, walk up to the prettiest girl and just say, hi, my name is Marlon and it's all gonna work out. And so I keep doing this after over and over and over. I talk to a thousand girls and I get turned down by all 1,000. Why? Because who's doing the work? It's Marlon with no confidence. It's Marlon who's low vibration. It's Marlon who has low energy. And now, funny enough, the more action I take, is reinforcing this result that I believe my expectation of what's going to happen is being reinforced, which is a negative expectation. I've got to flip the script and I got to work on the being. And so when I work with people, I show them how to shift the self-image because you cannot outperform your self-image. You cannot outperform it. Now, even if you do temporarily outperform it, what will happen is it's like a thermostat in the house. Right? If the thermostat is set to 70 degrees and it's a hot summer day and I open the window and hot air starts to blow in and it warms the room up to 80, thermostat registers that the room's at 80, it's gonna kick on the AC and it will begin to push cold air through the vent, bringing the temperature back down to 70. If it's a cold winter day and I open the window and cold breeze comes in and the room cools and chills down to 60, thermostat's gonna register that the temperature is at 60, it's gonna kick on the heater, pump warm air through the AC vents, and it's going to bring the temperature back up to 70 because the thermostat is set. It's like your self-image. If your self-image says, this is my life, I drive a beat-up Honda Civic, I only earn $40,000 a year, I don't have a lot of friends, you're going to always come back to this. So even if maybe a deal lands on your lap and you shoot up and you make 70K, What's going to happen is next year, things will balance back out and you'll maybe only make 20K to bring you right back smack dab in the middle. So although we can't outperform our self-image, I don't even worry about trying to outperform our self-image. Instead, what we focus on doing is we work on changing the self-image so that now the self-image, the new baseline, the new thermostat measure is no longer 70 degrees. I bump it up to 90 degrees because that's where the life I want lives. The life I want lives at this temperature. So I need to raise the thermostat so that I can be there.
0: I love it so much, my man. Absolutely. Absolute fire. As always, we're coming to the end of the podcast. I have one last question I'm going to ask you um, and we'll go a little bit over because I think this is the most important or one of the most important questions that I like asking at the very end. Right. Um, I ask this to every guest is how I've been ending the podcast and I've been really liking it. If you, Marlon, could go back to when you were starting in entrepreneurship with everything you know now, all your business coaching knowledge, everything you've learned, what would you say to that person knowing everything that you know now?
1: Okay. So, the first way I'm going to answer this question is I've thought about time travel a bajillion times. And the fact is, like, I would time travel, but like, I would never, like, I would time travel just as an observer. I would never change anything because I absolutely love everything about where i'm at however you know i like to answer this with like if i was talking to another person right like if i was talking to like someone who's in my exact same position they're sitting on a park bench and i can impart some advice what i would say is two things i would give them the advice that my first mentor gave me that i totally did not listen to because i asked him a question very similar to this the day i got started and i said to him i said pip You know, I just registered for your course. I'm excited to get started, but I want to know after everything you've done over the last two plus decades, you know things now. And let me ask you, what's something that you know now that you realize you could have been implementing on day one that you didn't need to wait all these 20 years that had you just simply understood this, you actually could have just been doing it on day one. Jonah, he said to me, simple, immediately go for big deals. Don't waste your time mm-hmm. on small deals. Go straight for big deals. And although I heard that advice, emotions kicked in. I still, I was scared, right? Big numbers, big deals, it all scared me. Yeah. And so I still played small and I went through and did my own thing anyway. And so as time went on, I've done bigger deals and I realized it's the same amount of work. Actually, I would even argue that it's less work doing bigger deals than it is smaller deals because relative to the work, the payout is so much larger. So when the payday occurs, the work actually feels much smaller as a comparison to what you receive as a result. So the first thing I would tell someone is, believe it or not, trust in yourself, have faith in yourself to go bigger as far as setting your goal on bigger things. Now, although you set your goals on big things, you are still going to start small. You're still going to eat that elephant one bite at a time. However, imagine yourself eating an elephant versus just a chicken, right? Set the goal to eat the elephant versus just the chicken, because everything that you don't understand is going to be equally confusing until you learn it. So that would be number one. Number two that I would tell is very much like what we talked about at the beginning of this episode let go of worrying of what other people think about you. It's doing you no good to be concerned with the criticism of those who are only ever going to simply observe and never actually get into the arena. So as a player on the court, I am way less concerned with what the people in the stands think about my performance. I'm more concerned with me focusing on what I need to do. And I put the blinders on and I cut out the noise. So I'm. this is something I've become very, very passionate about. I'm, I've actually, I'm happy that I have this ability now to let go. And I'm still not perfect. I'm, I'm still human. I'm still a pack animal. I still want to be a part of community. However, I now understand what my standards are and I set my life to my standards and no longer set my life to the standards of others. And on occasion, when I find myself defaulting and going with the flow of the mediocre many, I'm grateful that I have good enough people in my life who can kind of grab me like you and you'll shake me awake and remind me to focus on my mission, to focus on my goal and to run my race.
0: I love it so much, bro. I copy a lot from you. I don't know if you know that, but I copy a lot of different things. When I listen, when I hear you speak, I'm like, I'm going to copy that. What, what You just said it. When I follow the flow of the mediocre many or something like that, I might have just fucked that up, mm-hmm. what you just said. But, like, that was incredible. I'm going to say that way more. um, My man, we are coming to the end. I got to end it. and I got to catch a flight. But you are amazing, How can people reach out to you for coaching? It sounds like that's the main thing you're doing. I'm pretty sure. So like if somebody wants you as their coach, how do they reach out to you?
1: Yeah. So if first off, Jonah, thank you so much for having me here, man. Like it's seriously epic. I love that you make time for this. I love that you make time for me. You've been consistent as hell. Episode 96. Like shout out to you, bro. Like you, I remember when you said you were going to be doing these podcast episodes and you have not missed a beat, which is insane. Like people start things, and only like the real ones finish, only the real ones follow through. So shout out to you. It is impressive.
0: I appreciate you. It's crazy how many people like can't just do one hour a week of like the same thing forever. It's wild. I'm like, it's wow, nuts. this is why I win. This is why I win is I'm willing to do this for the next 300 days, 500, 500 weeks, 600 weeks, thousand
1: weeks. We're just going to keep doing it and see what happens. Dude, I love it. But- I absolutely love it. So yeah, man, appreciate you for that. If anyone wants to get connected, if anyone wants to do any coaching with me, uh, it's real simple. Just go to coach.mindsetmarlin.com. There you will be able to fill out the application. So it's the word coach.mindsetmarlin like my Instagram name.com, you'll fill out an application and from there you will be able to we'll book a discovery call if your application goes through and we'll have a conversation about that as of right now i'm not bringing on any new people like my coaching is filled out for the next couple of weeks but as i open it up if your application is in there it will be first come first serve i will go through and talk to the individuals based on who qualifies Um, things will change a little bit but it's going to be based on qualification and if anyone wants to connect and maybe you're like hey Coaching isn't yet. I'm not ready for coaching, but I want to be a part of a community of like-minded people. Follow me on Instagram because on my Instagram, in my link tree, there's a way to connect and get into my free Facebook group where I get like-minded entrepreneurs to come together to talk about this kind of stuff, to talk about mindset. And we have uh, just a lot of cool stuff going on. So. Connect with me there and stay plugged in with Jonah. Stay like this is these are the sort of people I personally connect with. Like Jonah is one of those guys that I get excited about seeing. In fact, I think you're coming out to town uh, next week, right? In
0: Two weeks, bro. In two weeks, two or three weeks. I'll be in the middle of November.
1: Awesome. I'm looking forward to having you back in town, bro.
0: It's going to be fun, dude. And by the way, we got to talk because if you're if you're not accepting new clients, we need to get you hiring some coaches, bro. We need to turn this into a. Operation. Do you have any coaches below you yet? Dude, not
1: yet. That's actually what I'm excited All about. Right, that's like, your I, next I step. Be, I will be bringing on coaches um, in the future. So I'm like, I'm lame. Like the people that get in right now, like I'm just letting everyone know right now, this is, I'm not going to say this is going to be the best time to ever get in, but like the people that get in early, y'all are going to be a part of something really freaking epic. Cause the vision I have for this is just absolutely unmatched. I have aspirations and what will happen is I'm growing this thing to be as large as people are familiar with like the Tony Robbins, the Dean Graziosi's my name. I will be as those men start to filter out of the space. I will be the person coming in and re- like basically replacing them. Um, same as Bob Proctor. And I look up to these men. I absolutely love these men. I will be their replacement. And I will 490%. be making a spot of my own up there.
0: I'm so ready for it, my man. So guys, since basically this is more or less Marlon's podcast because the vast majority of the audience is his audience, I don't know. I want to talk to you about how you're getting 242 people to show up to a live. That's pretty sick. I see one of your guys, Christopher Webb. When is your next live stream? I don't know if that's towards me, but if you guys want to subscribe to my channel as well, which is just my name, Jonah Korchin, J O N A H K R C H I N. I interview tons of entrepreneurs like Marlin a lot on my podcast, Scorch the Fears, I have another podcast where I answer any questions related to real estate on Mondays, 9, 15 a.m. MST. Scorch the Fears kind of changes around depending on what the guest needs. And then I've got tons of content about real estate investing, a lot with real estate agents and real estate wholesaling. So if you enjoyed this podcast and you enjoy the way that I interview people, like it, comment on it, and then subscribe and hit the notification bell on my channel and vice versa for mine to Marlins. He has an insane amount of content. That's why my name. So Christopher just literally look up my name. That's how you spell it. That's my name. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram, but definitely YouTube is going to have more of this. the sauce. Um, subscribe to me there. Hit the notification bell. Marlon, you're amazing. I have a few ideas of some stuff we can do, by the way. Like you asked me that last time I saw you and then I thought about it. So I'm going to be texting you. Oh. I got to get on this flight, though. Do you have any last things before I wrap this up?
1: Dude, I just want to say I appreciate you, bro. I love you, man. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you. And I just dropped your IG inside there because I want people, guys. It's go my name. Everything is my Jonah. name. Yeah, like go, go follow name, so just look it up Yeah, especially if y'all are doing real estate, especially if you're doing direct agent. Like, he's the GOAT. Like, he's this is the guy. Like, this, what I love about you, Jonah, is you got specific on what it is you do and you rode your lane and now you are the best at what you do and it is so easy to refer people to you because i know exactly what value they're going to get from you i don't have to worry that they're going to come back and be like yeah he was a letdown like no he's literally going to be able to help you in that what like you can help people in a lot of ways but like there's one thing that you do better than everybody else that's direct to agent And I love referring you out to people because it is so hard to find good people to send other people to. So I love that. I appreciate
0: it, bro. It's the exact same thing to you. I appreciate you. Any last words or was that the last words?
1: Dude, my last words is I love Jonah. Uh love you, bro. Looking forward to hanging out again. And, guys, I will hopefully be back on Scorched Affairs. Hopefully, Jonah invites me back on in the You
0: future. will 100% be back at some point. love you, too, dude. I can't wait to see you in November. Guys, this is Scorched Affairs, episode 96. Let's freaking go!